Hey, you know, if you want to feel your freshest, your cleanest, and smell your best, gentlemen, you know what you got to do. You got to get Manscaped. You use that promo code DNVR20, you get 20% off, plus free shipping at manscaped.com. And they have got all kinds of products to help you out. Whether you're getting that lawnmower 3.0 to keep yourself nice and trim, you're getting some of the spritzer, some of the deodorant, some of the shower gel, or if you're just getting yourself what is the most comfortable pair of boxers you have ever worn in your life. Either way, you're gonna get yourself hooked up with feeling your best, feeling your cleanest, and making sure that you're taking care of yourself and whoever's taking care of you. So use that promo code DNVR20 at manscaped.com. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping today. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Stratacraft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20. You'll get 20% off. Your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, wonderfully, potentially life-changing StravaCraft coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is our beat writer, Patrick Lyons. And joining us for a conversation on minor league baseball as a man who knows a thing or two about it, was the PR director for the Topes for the better part of the last five years, is that about right? Kevin yep. Collins. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. My pleasure, guys. You guys always do a great job, so I'm hoping to not bring that down too much today. <laughs> Seems unlikely, considering the work that you did with uh, the Albuquerque Isotopes over the last several years. Uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about some of the things you've done there, uh, what's gone on. You know, We're going to have this conversation today, and everyone knows who listened to the podcast yesterday. This is what we're talking about today. We're talking minor league baseball. We're celebrating it. We are sadly, to some degree, memorializing it. Um, but it, just tell us a little bit about the work you've done over these last five years and what it's meant to you. I think that's as good a, a place as any to start. I think it might sound like a cliche answer or, or, or something like that, but I think the most important work, the, the stuff that I brag about the most is the stuff we've been able to do in the community. And I think one of our biggest community projects, even though it might not seem necessarily community related under those terms, more of a merch or more of a promotion thing, are the Mariachis de Nuevo Mexico with the whole Copa de la Diversión program and how minor league baseball has done just so well um, in getting a, a new audience out to the ballpark. And and um, we, we took it and ran with it and we made it our own. And, um, you know, we had there was only two awards uh, for the best team that did it, and we got both of them. And that meant, as much as it meant to us, it meant, I think, even more to the community. They have asked to take both Copa trophies around on tour uh, throughout the state, um, which is also why we wanted to be the Mariachis Day Nuevo Mexico and not necessarily of Albuquerque. We wanted to bring in as many people as possible. And so that was that was one of them. Um, the past few months have had been really tough. Um, 
transitioning from a baseball team where we're actually putting out a baseball on field product to almost a community outreach, even, even more so than, than we had already done. And we did some of these art projects. We, we gave um, valedictorians and salutatorians uh, chances to give their speeches uh, at the ballpark in front of their family, an empty stadium, of course, but, but still just kind of a unique experience. So I think those are, those are some of the, it's the community things that really stand out. And of course, winning the um, John H. Johnson presidential award, which is the overarching award for just the most successful team in minor league baseball over the course of some years um, in 2018 was, uh, was really special to me. Cause since, since it was that basically that time frame that I was there uh, that we, that was considered for winning. And, and so that one personally is, is, really awesome yeah everything about the isotopes is just just a, a winning organization uh like you said winning all those uh copa de la diversion awards and you know and that directly ties into the relationship you have with the community as you just said the cool thing about what you guys did was instead of maybe workshopping a bunch of names uh amongst yourselves in the it, it, with the isotopes you actually reached out to the community and said well, what do you want what kind of name would you like to represent your community? And you really gave them a voice. And it's one of the reasons why they latched onto it so much. And when the mariachis are in town, oh, my gosh, you, it's, it is packed out. You need to have your tickets months in advance. It's amazing how it turns. The, the nickname for Isotope Spark is The Lab. And we like to say it transforms into the plaza for mariachis games. And it, it absolutely does. It is a different atmosphere there. And you're right. Yeah, we while we did workshop some names internally, we had meetings after meetings after meetings about some some team names. And we once the mariachis hit, and once the idea of the sugar skull and, and in the mariachi garb. And then you're right. We took it to the Albuquerque Hispano Chamber of Commerce um, before, actually, before a lot of our staff even knew. Um, there were only about five or six of us involved in the process, so. We had a mock-up logo. We had this idea, and we took it to the chamber and was like, "What do you guys think of this?" We, you, the, our opinion was so important to us, and that's one of the big uh, resounding things of feedback we've gotten when we talked to other teams about the success. And they were like, "Man, why didn't we think of, of doing something like that?" Um, you know, teams have been so successful without doing something like that, but but the, just the whole idea that we can always kind of hark back to. To that and that again that was what it was all about is it was bringing the community in and, and the chamber was blown away and i think they really 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 appreciated that that we brought them in on it not a now, bad day to set a good example for um quality community thought and team naming oh, patrick <laughs> uh, that doesn't have to be a question i'll hand that off to patrick just sometimes it's it you know sometimes just modeling a good way to go about it is as good as anything you can do. I'll say this. So I got this hat on the 4th of July in 2017. It was my, my first isotopes game that I took in. Record crowds. It was also 105 degrees. Yeah. It was insane. <laughs> but about 15,000 people showed up. And I said, wow, there is something magical going on. Then in 2018, when I, when I started working for DNVR, I go down for the first mariachis game. 16,000 people, passionate, isotopes fans. There was a 
there was a uh, not a concession stand, but you guys actually had where where you usually sell your retail and all that space. The team store, you actually had that onto the concourse because of the overwhelming outpouring of of support. What were some of the memories of that game? Uh, I mean, there there was no game as far as I was concerned. It was just this, you know, party. <laughs> it was a party. It was a yeah. celebration of life being, you know, uh, from from the the Duke City. It, it's absolutely true. I don't remember anything about the game. I <laughs> I know we won, uh, which those are easy to remember because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's a But that sixteen thousand nine hundred and seventy-five. That's going to be a number that. It's just always stuck in my head. Uh, it's the largest crowd we've ever had uh, for an Isotopes game, probably a Dukes game as well, back when at the old Albuquerque uh, Sports Stadium. Um, it, it's it's amazing because, like you said, Patrick, the July 4th games always draw 14,000, 15,000 people. But when you put an extra 2,000 people in there it, uh, that are super excited for this inaugural mariachis contest – um, with the with the dancers on the field, and like you said, the extended um, it was like an auxiliary team store that was still overwhelmed. It was it was the store was packed, that line was packed. The con- if you were trying to move around the concourse, you're <laughs> I was going to say you were probably not going to have a good time, but you were going to have a good time because we had dancers and mariachi <laughs> bands, and right. we entertained you while you were trying to make your way through this massive of people celebrating the same thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, that, that's one I wish I could have been there for. I've only, sadly, been able to make it to uh, down to the lab a couple of times. Oh, one time, the first time I went there was for a single game, and it was that year, remember when the Rockies had, like, 25 rainouts? It was absolutely ridiculous, and no one could, it was by far, they, like, doubled the most. It was in these last couple of years. And I went down uh, to, to Albuquerque for a game, and it was the only rain out that I think you guys had all year. And I, Probably. Couldn't, I, I couldn't go to the game. And everyone blamed me for walking in the door. <laughs> I was just oh, like, look, that's at, awful. look at it. I'm sorry. Well, we're all it's about brutal. the fans. We wanted to give you something, an experience you were used to. <laughs> right. So, like, you really went out of your way on that one. That was the delay, the not knowing whether or not we were going to play or not, waiting around for an hour before everyone was just told to go home going to a nearby brewery there in Albuquerque and then running into another sports writer. It was as authentic as it gets. <laughs> hey, but, but I don't think there's a better, or I don't think there was at least a better t- place to spend a rain delay than in, in Albuquerque Ice Tubs press box. We made that place a, oh. that's one of my favorite things. If I can pat myself on the back a little bit is just the, uh, <laughs> that, that, that was a pretty good time to spend a, a rain delay. Absolutely. And the spread. Mm. Yeah. I'll tell you, yeah, no, the the food down there, you guys know how to take care of us, that's for sure. I wish I could have been down there more, because the only other one, I don't think I've taken in just, like, a regular season Topes game. The other time I was down there was for the specialty, it was the the big league ball players against, well, I guess it was it was not split up exactly that way, right? Was it big league versus triple A, but the exhibition game. Oh, yeah, yeah. 2019. Yeah. 2019, right before kicking off the season, I was there for that, and that was uh, quite the extravaganza as well. Oh, God, that was awesome. That was one of my favorite. I've never been more happy or relieved for a day to be over, I think, in my life. Uh, but looking back on it, that was that was so much so much fun. Um, it, it, for the fans, I mean, I think that number was 12,222 
on a Monday afternoon in March that we got. Um, it just proves the passion that Albuquerque has for, for baseball. And, and so many people that I saw on social media coming down from Denver to, um, to just, you know, what better time to check out a, their triple a ballpark and still, still a newish triple a ballpark at the time for, for the uh, affiliation. And um, it probably ruined seeing that ballpark uh, for other minor league parks. <laughs> Yeah, very, very well, very well. True. You, you mentioned that being being a long day. You know, the the thing that I think people probably don't realize about those who work in minor league baseball is they never get to see major league baseball in person because they are at the ballpark, which which is great. I mean, that that's a good gig to have. But you never get to see the guys when they finally come to fruition or if they sign a free agent. So for Nolan Arenado, a guy who you know he passed through Colorado Springs, you. I imagine you took a moment to say, let me watch Arenado smack a couple balls off the scoreboard in left field. Did you take a moment for yourself to enjoy that? Absolutely. That's exactly what I did. I, I carved out a little bit of time. Nolan and Charlie were in the same BP group. And after I got my pictures and videos for, for the Topes social media, I just put my phone away and I would just watch them smack the ball. And, and I remember Charlie Blackman turning to me and going, Man, I can imagine hitting here. You <laughs> <laughs> guy could get used to this. Yeah. Nolan did mention that he thought that the ball carried a little bit further. Um, so I'm not sure if if uh, the baseballs didn't didn't go into the humidor that day or or whatever. It could have been. Well, the game didn't count, so who's to say? Did. Maybe uh, maybe we wanted to give the fans a little bit of a show. Yeah. It, was a, it was a great game. It was a great game, and, and BP yeah, was. was a lot of fun, and, and all of that stuff. And yeah, it's a, yeah, it's kind of flipped, right? It's the same reason I don't get to see as much minor league baseball as I, I used to, which is sad. We and then and now it's even more sad. You know, we know I'm going to be able to crack open a Breck Brew here pretty soon and watch some version of Major League Baseball. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, <laughs> but there, I'm going to be able to do that. So I'm going to be able to use that promo code. DNVR. If I'm close enough to, in fact, if I'm driving down to the ballpark some of these days, I'll be swinging by the farmhouse out there. You call 303-803-1380 from noon to eight. You can uh, get it delivered or they'll have it there ready for you for pickup. You get five bucks off if you use that promo code DNVR. You know the beer is delicious. You know the food is delicious. And if you can't get out to the farmhouse, make sure that you're contacting your local Davidson's for that curbside pickup or delivery. Get the 15-can sampler pack sent your way. Uh, you can take a few of them in while you're watching a version of baseball. Uh, <laughs> sadly, uh, there will not be any version of minor league baseball this year. Um, Kevin, why don't, I, why don't I just ask you for your response? I feel, I feel like you know the writing had been on the wall for a while, but still the official announcement had to just be tough to take and um you know what was your response to it and, and what have you seen sort of in in your community it it really was i mean like you said the, the writing was on the wall for for a while especially um us kind of in the know and and everything and it doesn't make that announcement any easier um seeing the video get posted of um, our general manager john traub announcing the cancellation of the season was tough uh, seeing all my friends because that's what they've become. They've, I have become such good friends with some of the PR people um, in the Pacific coast league and around triple a baseball, because like, like 
Patrick said, we, we do not get a day off during the season. We, when we're on the road, we're covering the games somewhere. And, and, and they're the only kind of people that can, that can relate to, to what we go through. And um, what really got me was seeing on the ESPN ticker, the lead was minor league baseball season canceled. And I don't know why that got me, but it, it made me just kind of tear up a little bit and scrolling through Twitter. And I finally had to just put everything down and, and I'm like, I knew this was coming for weeks and weeks and weeks. I don't, <laughs> but, but just that, that initial day, it was a gut punch. It, it really was. And it's, it's just such a shame. Um, I think I saw a stat that the Pacific coast league, this is the first year in 118 maybe it was 116 you get the idea of of them not having baseball in the pacific coast league and i just thought that was that was wild and and it's just such a shame for for the fans that because it's affordable family entertainment it's it's you can go buy a couple eight buck lawn seats and and take you know the whole family of four out for for a cheap night and watch some fireworks it's yeah, it's. I mean, you can tell right now. I still don't even like talking about yeah. it that much, yeah. but it, it's just meant so much to me. And and um, to have it end the way it did under the circumstances it did is just tough. Yeah, for for all intents and purposes, you know, you, as you said, a lot of people knew that it was the season was already over. It was just you know finally official at that point. And what probably makes it all the more sadder is uh, for anyone who's been following kind of the the ongoing you know, negotiations, if, if you will, of the professional baseball agreement between Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball. MLB wants to reduce the, the amount of minor league teams from 160 down to 120. And so we, we knew there was going to maybe be uh, upwards of 42, 43 teams around the U.S. that were going to um, lose their affiliation and, and no longer have minor league baseball. And something even worse has happened. All of minor league baseball in 160 cities do not have the game this year when ultimately we need it more than ever. And there's yeah. really nothing to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh. that's, that's what's so sad about this is, you know, especially for so many people who are really invested in professional sports, they like going and scouting some of the younger players, whether it's college or, or high school. And, and for the case of baseball, it's minor leagues. And it's, it's, a, it's just a great destination to kind of learn more about the game and see the guys before they, they finally make it. And to not have that opportunity this year is it's just heartbreaking. Yeah, and it's, I think it's important to realize, too, that you know, it, it, it's really awful for these young guys that are going to lose a year of, of – playing at a certain level. Um, it really sucks for the front office staffs, but let's not forget about the concession workers and the, uh, the ushers and the game day staff. We have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that, that come to our job fairs and everything. And, and, you know, they don't, they're, they're out of a summer job, whether it's a retirement job or a first year job or a second job for people. And that's just us. So multiply that, like you said, by 160 and, uh, it, it, it's a lot more than baseball. Yeah, and a lot of them, like you said, and this is true at Coors Field as well. <clears throat> excuse me, they're either uh, they're either just getting started out, so they don't have much work experience, if any, or they've been working at the ballpark for fifty years. Some of these 
folks. We, we, we know some of these folks down at Coors Field and, uh, you know, shout out to Bob, if you're listening, security guard on the third base side. And it's, you know, and <laughs> those are the, the faces that I think about through all of this. Those are the people that I think about because, you know, they, they live on that job and, and they, they, that's what they do with their time. That's what they do with their summers. You know, I, I, I've talked about this a lot, Kevin, from the perspective you mentioned, as a, a baseball fan who grew up on the western slope of Colorado and Grand Junction, and baseball was what we did. Uh, we didn't have minor league baseball, but we had JUCO, and, that, and it was a, a religion. The week of JUCO, if you skip school or work, no one cares. No one cares. No, You don't get in trouble because we had baseball, and it was because it was a cheap thing, and all the kids could go, and the parents could go, and everyone could have a, a safe family environment to, to watch the game of baseball, and when you know, the, the ghosts became the, the Rockies and moved to Grand Junction. And I would go and I would see that every day, all the time. You know, we couldn't afford to go. We would get to come to the big league game once a year when I was a kid. You drive to Denver once a year, you go to one big league game. We couldn't afford anything more than rock pile seats. That's all we could afford. But these people in these communities, you know, that eight bucks can get you a pretty darn good seat. At Tozer, you know, if you're willing to drop twenty, you might get to the the best seats you've ever had for a baseball game in your life for a guy or a group of guys who might be superstars within a couple of years. And to take that experience away from the kids, whether it's you know, and, and I don't want to get too far afield, but just this year or whatever's planned for the future, it's like think about those faces, think about those people. You know, that's. Yeah. yeah, it's it's you're 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 right. You, the way you talk about it's the faces that that I think about. You know, the kids that stand by the autograph or the tunnel when they come out every single day. They're there. The players know them by name. They, they're not at a certain point. They're not even looking for for an autograph or something. They just want to say hi. And the players will come over and give them knuckles or whatever. And and the the old ladies that always are sitting in the same seat that they bring their seat cushion every game and. Uh, it's, it's those, it's those things that, you know, it, it, I just hope it doesn't, whenever it comes back, I hope it doesn't make people cynical towards the game. Um, and, and that's, that's a big ask, yeah. but, but hopefully minor league baseball, and I know it will, it's just too good not to prevail. We have too many good people still in this game that still care about it so much that'll, it'll, it'll rebound and it'll, it'll rebound like, and not misbeat, I think. Yeah. And, and you talk about that community involvement with the fans is another thing that gets lost is the, the relationship that you have with so many of the businesses where, where, you know, uh, isotopes players are going out to those businesses to, you know, press palms and, and raise money and fund. And, you know, again, that all of that, you know, will, will come back. But again, it's, it's, it's just a shame because you, in the minor leagues and especially with what the isotopes do, you know, they're, 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 really getting the guys out there so that you know them that they they become part of your family for that summer and for some guys for a couple of years too yeah basically if it wasn't a travel day um our director of community relations michelle montoya had orbit and the players two or three of them out somewhere every single day and um even even without the players who were on the road orbit i think orbit averaged like 320 sub appearances a year which is just insane and um, 
Orbit has been in uh, hibernation now for for a little bit, which is upsetting. To it I is. mean, everybody loves Orbit, is. yes. But but he's uh, he's taken the self isolation thing really seriously because it's you know he, he's doing the right thing. <laughs> and, and, and he can't yeah. find a mask to fit himself. I think. I think that's. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, the players they were um, one of one of my favorite things about player appearances. If I may go on just a little quick story here, um, yeah. I think there was a, a night where we had just gotten our butts kicked, shocker. Um, and Jason Mott was down on a rehab assignment, and we were looking for people to go to a um, like a family entertainment center, like with mini golf and go-karts. And when I explained it to him before anybody could answer, Jason Mock goes, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm like, you, you know, you don't like you have other things to work. He's like, I'm go-karts and golf and kids. I'm in. And then that got a bunch of other guys. It to, it, it, it kind of proved mm. the character of, of the players that the Rockies bring in and, and how they, really stress that through, through the different levels. And, and again, it's, it's that, that stuff's never going to go away. So that fan interaction is never going to go away. And, and uh, hopefully uh, those companies realize that and, and we'll come back and, and help fiscally with the, all the stuff that minor league teams need to do. Yeah. yeah let, let's hope so. And, and speaking of, of helping fiscally, we've got our partners that, you know, help us out. We help them out. We're all here in the Denver community as well, including our friends over at WGT Golf, part of the Top Golf family there. You know, you can download this game totally for free on your laptop or phone. It's loved by over 20 million players around the world, including everyone here on the DNVR staff. We've got a big Tournament coming up this weekend on Sunday, the fours of July. Yes, we're very clever. The best of par fours this weekend. You gotta. It's. I don't think it's just the sun. I think you can play it over the whole weekend. I believe that's correct. But you gotta make sure that you join our DNVR Country Club, uh, the official sponsor of DNVR Gaming WGT Golf. It's a whole lot of fun. Again, you can download it totally for free at DNVR Golf. Dot com And because I want us to get into story time and not interrupt it too much, let me also go ahead and just do this one now and say that you know that legal sports betting has come here to the state of Colorado with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. They have got you covered for all kinds of great opportunities now that we're probably certainly almost going to get baseball back. And so if we do have baseball and you think you know what's going to happen, Boy, if you think you know what's going to happen right now, it's time to put your money where your mouth is, and you can do that with the DraftKings DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, Use the promo code DNVR. You'll get a sign-up bonus of up to 1000 bucks. You know you can rely on them. It's not some weird offshore operation. They're based right here in the United States. All of your funds are safe and secure. You can deposit or withdraw at any time. You can place bets at any time. There's a ton of great stuff up right now uh, in terms of who's going to win divisions over under. The Rockies over under, I think, is still down there at 26 and a half, which just blows me away. Is remarkably low considering the talent they've got on that team. A bunch of interesting ones. So, And, and listen to yesterday's podcast for the Patrick's DraftKings pick of the week. I can't believe the odds they're giving you on Araldis Chapman to do what Araldis Chapman should probably just do. So check all of that out. 
Remember, again, of course, to use that promo code DNVR. You'll get that sign-up bonus of up to 1000 bucks. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to 500 bucks. Deposit bonus requires 25 by playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Now it gets to... Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I'm going to say... <laughs> Um, so now we, we, we get into story time. We've hopefully had the, the important somber part of the conversation. We'll continue to have that to whatever extent. I think this will naturally come into that too, because the, the lingering conversation of all of these is going to be, we don't get this right now. And so we get that that's, that's a bummer, but I wanted to do uh, a little bit of story time. Um, some favorite memories from over the years, taking in minor league baseball. Let's start with. Uh, your first minor league baseball experience, Kevin, just the, the, the early in your life, the first time you can remember going to a minor league baseball game. Uh, I remember it vividly. Uh, I must have been five or six and um, kind of the opposite of what uh, you were saying, Drew. I, I grew up in Philadelphia, so I, I went to the vet and the Phillies games all the time. And I never went to a minor league baseball game. Um, and so my dad took me to see the Scranton Wilkes-Barre Red Barons, who were the Phillies AAA team at the time, uh, at Lackawanna County Stadium uh, in Scranton. And oh my goodness, was that place. I, I and this, uh, it was, <laughs> how do I, well, it's gone now, so who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, if the, is it, are you going to say it's like if the vet, was a minor league ballpark. Well, I say, that's me coming that from the vet. And even at five, I knew the vet was a piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Um, so, so I, I remember that was, that was my first time there. And then since I've been to, to Reading and, and seen some games there, also a very old ballpark, but that one is actually, that's got some character to it and they upkeep that one really nicely. Um, and then, and, um, going to spring training and cause that kind of has a minor league feel to it as well, since it's, you know, mm. a minor league ballpark technically and, uh, and seeing some of those guys, but actually like professionally, then uh, it started for me in late 2012. That was when I got my first job in minor league baseball. What was your first job in minor league baseball? I was a, basically a general front office assistant for the Trenton thunder. I had been, hey. <laughs> yeah, there, right here. You got some trend. Trend Thunder. Oh. That would have been my first minor league game. That that would have been. This is an original Trenton Thunder, probably from ninety two, ninety three. Uh, but yeah, that was my first game. That was the first minor league team in in New Jersey at that time. I think maybe the New Jersey Jackals, or there was a team like that was a short season league. I don't even know what it was. New Jersey, the New Jersey Cardinals, or something in the eighties. But the Trenton Thunder was that was a big deal before we got the Lakewood Blue Claws. That's a nice ballpark. So you worked with Tom McCarthy when you were at Trenton? Was he still there? No, Tom. Tom, I had missed Tom um, by quite a bit, but <laughs> I think he had made it. I think he had made it to the Phillies, then the Mets, and then the Phillies again since the time I got there. But um, yeah, it, it's it was it was like a general front office um, position where I would work in different departments, and and then all of a sudden, a couple weeks into it, uh, the PR guy, the head PR guy there, um, Bill Cook, was kind of like, no, he's 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 with me <laughs> from here on out. 
And uh, <laughs> that first year, probably, you know, I worked the entire off season. And then once the game started, I think might've been mid May, late May, it was, it was early ish in the season. Um, we had an Alex Rodriguez rehab and Ooh. it was like nothing I've ever seen before. 200 <laughs> plus media there from all over the place. Um, he had a decoy car and his regular car and he didn't leave the ballpark until like 1230, one o'clock in the morning. Uh, I, Tori Wilson was there. So I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're we also double as a, a pro wrestling podcast too. I was gonna so say the, we get that reference. We know the Tory two names I was not expecting to hear during this were <laughs> Jason Mott and Tori Wilson, and so certainly if you had parlayed those on your DraftKings sportsbook app, you just made a couple grand. You, yeah, you hit it <laughs> big time. Uh, yeah, I actually I. I I should have I should have led with Tori Wilson was there with Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Aaron <laughs> happened to be along for the ride. My first thought when they said Matt Kemp was, and 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 Patrick brought it up was so Rihanna's coming or is yeah. that still a thing or no? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean it's it's it's, it's good to know. You're we're in the PR public relations field. It's good to relate to the public and they're part of the public, so why not? You should know these things. That's true. <laughs> We also had a uh, Kevin Euclid's Mark Teixeira rehab that year on the same day, the same two days. And our broadcaster was doing the post game from the booth. So I went and recorded it for him. And I guess in the course of bringing the recorder up to the press box, I had deleted it. So that was, no. <laughs> well, that was fun. That was a good thing. Oh, no. Oh, uh, that's how, the, uh, how, how was the drive up to the Bronx the next day to try to get that audio back? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Uke, can we, can we just do, re, run that back again? Can I, get, can I get this going real quick? Oh no. I had a very brief, um, in, in the clubhouse interview with Bud Black on my phone that I, that didn't get recorded when we did, uh, when, uh, it, it was when they clinched going to the postseason. I think in 2018, so there, it was the champagne, the whole thing, everyone's part. I've got the selfie stick out. I hit record. But he has a feel to do wah, 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 minute and a half. Look at the thing. Nope. It's just a, it's just a, not a great feeling. Uh, but just for future reference, um, who's really good at, at, at re-recording things, our, I got to throw him under the bus a little bit. Our broadcaster, Josh Sushan, uh, here in Albuquerque, did an entire pregame interview with Josh Fuentes and realized it didn't work, and he went down and... Josh is like, yeah, of course, I'll do it again. Well, yeah. <laughs> and it was, was probably gonna, even better the I second time. Josh that's is exactly, the right guy. That's yeah. exactly what, what uh, Sushan was saying about Fuentes. It was that that he he answered them the questions with the same gusto and and kind of like was smirking a little bit the whole time. But uh, so there you go. That's good to know. If you ever screw up with Josh Fuentes, he's he's always got your back. <laughs> that is good. Yes. No. He, he's a dude. He's a good guy. There, as you said, you know the Rockies always have high quality, you know, people that they bring into the organization uh, and they draft that way too. Uh, Fuentes is, is a great guy. Um, who are some of the other players that, you know, that you've worked with that have just been your favorite people and you're like, man, this is just my guy through life. I, I just enjoy being him. Uh, well, I would be shamed if I didn't say it was Ryan McMahon. Um, there's a, that was your guy. There's a little <laughs> bit of a story. And look, I, 
they they framed a picture of me oh. and Ryan McMahon. Uh, it's kind of got the press head. box for a while. It absolutely was. Why? Why wouldn't it be? Where else would we put it? Yeah. Uh, so so McMahon was always awesome. He every time we see him in spring training, or if we would actually go to Denver in September, he would be one of the guys to come over and say hi. Um, a name that some people might not be too familiar with is Matt Flemmer. Um, he was a pitcher, uh, just one of the smartest guys, not only in terms of baseball, but just life in general. Um, super nice guy. Um, oof, God, there were, there's so many, um, it's, it's easier. It would be easier to tell you the guys I didn't like than the guys, because I could do that on one hand. Um, but everybody was just so, because they get it. It's one of those things that, that it's a term I use a lot in, in baseball and, and we've already touched on it before. There's some players that just get it. And I think the Rockies are, are kind of looking for, for those that, that get it. Um, I kind of, I want to give you guys another name or two. And I just, Dustin Garneau is great. Yeah. Um, he was, he was a good guy to have around. Um, and I know I'm forgetting people and it's, well, so I could throw some names at yeah, Jordan go for Patterson. it. Jordan Patterson. Jordan oh, Patterson's yeah. a great guy and set the record for getting hit and getting beamed. Like, what a nicest guy in the world. Stop beaming him. What's going on out here? Jordan Patterson, I, I'm i going to screw this up again, but I believe he set the record for getting hit with pitches the same game he hit the all-time Isotopes home run. I think that's right. I was there for that one, and there were two records. And yeah. It was like nobody cared about the, the home run record. It was like uh, – <laughs> All right, so when you went up there, where it was, were you leaning yeah, over the great. plate? Or... Like, yeah, I just I get hit by a pitch all the time. It's and fine. Josh, Josh Sushaw would always tell him, he's like, if you could do this in the same game, it would be amazing. <laughs> and and I was always joking, you know, we're going to stop the game, we'll bring out the convertible, drive it around, and <laughs> and wow. in fact, actually, I think uh, you got the ball somehow, right? Yeah, and you gave it to him, but you there was something a little bit extra on the baseball, right? It wasn't just a baseball when you handed it to him. Do you, do you remember? Uh, oh yeah. What we, it put was a, adorned we, with? we put a bandaid on it. <laughs> I think we actually lined it with bandaids. There was, that was, that was pretty good. Then we had to go get his home run ball as well. And oh, that took some God. negotiating. I remember watching through binoculars. <laughs> our GM walking out there on the grass. <laughs> it was like, so this is a record and yeah wow and they're like well what do you got for me <laughs> so yeah well, what's in it for? oh oh so this is a negotiation oh man yeah joe I, I i jordan was one of the first guys i ever interviewed uh and and he was really great about it um, yeah he he had some killer seasons in albuquerque definitely a future albuquerque professional sports hall of famer him and uh him and talkman Definitely yeah. going to be on that wall one day in, in McKernan Hall and Isotopes Park. Sorry, Rio Grande Credit Union Field and Isotopes Park. There it is. Ryan Tapia too. He put up some huge numbers. Huge numbers with the Isotopes. He, he did. Yeah. Uh, I can't. Tapia, real quick. Some, one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in, in watching, not just baseball, but sports in general. We have that hill in center field. And um, on back-to-back pitches, 
he made ridiculous catches running up that hill. One, he had to like reach behind his head to get. The other one, I think, was just a straight-out dive. But the fact that it was back-to-back pitches to obviously back-to-back batters um, was just silly. And the fact that it was uh, up the hill and, and twisting, and I don't know if you've ever been on that thing, but it is steep. It's, it is like a good 40 degrees. Uh, at watching, <laughs> watching some visiting players face plan on that thing was one of my favorite things at ballpark. <laughs> Um, and it got to number one in sports center. And that, that was always a big pleasure of mine when I could send ESPN some stuff and actually get it on there and how appreciated, like, I don't think the players knew that this was a thing that could happen. Cause I guess a lot of teams don't take the time to do it, but when they, when it would happen, they would always come over and thank me. And that was always really nice. So all, all those guys that like, even Peter Mooney was super grateful last year. Um, he made <laughs> a silly play. Oh a short yeah. Stop. The behind Remember. the back flip. We were actually wearing Mariachi's uniforms. Um, yeah, so so that was insane. Yeah, <laughs> that was I, really. I, I like to talk a lot. Uh, one of my favorite random stats when I'm talking through development and guys. Whenever I'm kind of on that conversation, and David Dahl is one of my favorite people to talk about. I love looking at his two and a half week stretch in AAA because the numbers are insane. What? But I only, like, I checked the box scores, some of the highlights. I wasn't there. You were there. I want to know now. I feel like I'm asking you about my Woodstock or something. <laughs> what were the two and a half weeks of David Dahl hitting, like, 415? It, it was like nothing we had ever seen before. It, it, I, I cannot describe how how ridiculous it was when when he came up like his ops was like five <laughs> I, was like, I didn't know that was possible the five in front of the decimal yeah like i don't know if you could do that <laughs> but yeah the 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 amount of extra base hits he had just going up there i've never expected somebody maybe maybe you know back in the day with Barry Bonds you just expect him to get on base somehow um David Dahl will go up and you're like well if there's a runner on second we got ourselves a run somehow if not two um he just he just went on a a ridiculous stretch and then I think it might have been later that year Tom Murphy went on one too that kind of just got so overshadowed (laughs) by what David Dahl (laughs) did for those two weeks I actually think his David Dahl's debut for us uh, would have been July 4th of that year. So 2017. So there's a little anniversary, David. (laughs) (laughs) And he sure as hell didn't see August with us that year. (laughs) No, that's got to be one of the shortest triple A stints of all time. And, you know, David was still a quiet guy. um, And he, I think he was really just focused on, on his work. And and so you know, really soft spoken. Still, really, he didn't like to talk about what ridiculousness he was putting up, which is sure. understandable. So and kind of admirable as well. Yeah. And his dog rookie is amazing. <laughs> right. Also, true. Charlie Blackman can be that way too. It's like if Charlie Blackman's on a real hot stretch, like was it last year when he was Player of the Month when he hit like mm-hmm. near four hundred or something for a month? We barely saw him that June. month. Barely saw him in the month of June. You know, he'd be in and out. He'd come in like when he won the award. It was like, okay, now I have to come in and talk to everyone because I've got the award. And you could see uh, just a little bit behind his eyes, going like, I'd really not not like to think about this at all and not be aware of the hot streak that I'm in and just get back in the cage. <laughs> you know, so like I get it. I get why 
those guys can get like that. All right, Kevin, before we let you go, we, we've had something that we've been doing here uh, recently, a, a little game show, a little trivia. Oh, boy. And, and, and I've got confidence that you're going to crush this. So it's really just more about a way of, of having some interesting fun facts about the isotopes for the fans. Oh, but boy. it's called Hit for the Cycle. And we start off with a single, and it gets progressively harder. But I think you're going to get all four of these questions. I, you right. feel confident? You, you know your isotopes, no, don't. don't you? No, 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 no one said there was. I know, I know recent isotope history, I think, but I'm not like Andrew Cockrum that can go back and be like, well, on Tuesday of 2004, during afternoon games, when uh, somebody had Glenn Hoffman was wearing high socks, uh, (laughs) he was two for three. Shout out to Pine Tar. I'm glad glad you referenced Pine Tar. I had to. I had to get a Pine Tar reference in. Pine Tar. I mean, I showed the Ryan McMahon picture. I had to bring up Pine Tar. Very true. Um, Your question number one, you referenced it earlier. You didn't reference it by name, but I I think you got it. What is the name of the inclined mound in center field at Isotopes Park? Uh, Well, there's actually two. And I actually literally just referenced uh, it's Hoffman Hill or the Tope Slope. Oh, you know, I had never heard of Hoffman's Hill. It, it, he, I, I've heard of a different hill name that, <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. that we, we talk about all there. But Glenn Hoffman uh, was an, uh, an outfielder back in the day. See, I don't even, I can't even place him uh, for affiliation. I'm pretty sure it was the Dodgers. Dodgers days. Yeah, mm. he uh, made this ridiculous home run robbing catch at the top of the hill, and so and our photographer got it perfectly. Um, you have it there. Well, that's a no, pretty flower. There's some, there's some there's some great plays though, obviously, made made on the on the Tope Slope. Tope Slope. Oh, is, is that what this is? Uh, the best of the Tope Slope. Well, then, yeah, this will give you a nice little look around the entire. Yeah, this is just kind of a tour of uh, for of. Uh, oh yeah. Spark. We haven't talked about the Simpsons at all. No. <laughs> it's like, Hopefully, that's one of the questions. It, it took years. I can tell you the history of that. Honestly, it was a year until I realized that the font, even, of Isotopes was in the Simpsons font. Simpsons S. Which is a nice little detail. S. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Wink. Very gotcha. important. Yeah. We don't, I, I think we have a, a font as well, so we've, we've recently learned the importance of Simpsons oh, Inspire. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, I like it. All right, question That's number right. two. I think again. I think you're going to get this one too. Uh, what number did the Rockies number seven Brendan Rogers wear while he was in what? Albuquerque? I didn't even finish the question. He's got it. Excellent. Uh, That's right. You wore number one in Albuquerque. Okay. Right. Uh, number three. There's two answers to this. So like it's See, you guys are minor league baseball people. You should give the home run question first, so then you can say a triple shy. Mm. Oh right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, got to be triple shy. Uh, all right, so Albuquerque was previously known as the Dukes, as you as you said, it's the Duke City. The question is, where did the Albuquerque Dukes move to in 2000? Oh, or no, tell sorry. me, or tell me which franchise moved to Albuquerque in 2003 to become the Isotopes? Well, the Calgary Cannons moved from Calgary to become the Isotopes, <laughs> um, and the Dukes are now. What team was the Dukes is now the El Paso Chihuahuas. That's right. Went to went to Portland. Portland, and then, and then down to El Paso. 
Very nice. All right. Final one. It's got to be the toughest one. And I can make it into a multiple choice question as well. Uh, only if I need it. Only if you need it. I, you yeah. might not. But it's real specific. Okay. Here we go. In Josh Fuentes's Pacific Coast League Rookie of the Year slash MVP campaign of 2018, how, how many hits did he record? Oh, no. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a first. I'll give you a guess, and if By it's not way, right, I'll give you choices. Just to give myself some cover on this one, when I get it wrong, uh, MVP slash Rookie of the Year slash All Star Game MVP. Nice. Yes. So left a, a ribbon off the the patch there, a star off the. Yeah. There, there's uh, the hill. This is a tough one, man. Very specific number of hits. I don't, I don't, I, if I'm guessing, if I, can I guess and then get multiple choice? Yeah, guess and then I'll give you some options, yes. 178. Okay, 178 is your guess. Your choices are 170, 180, 200, or 210. Oh, man. So... So naturally, you're going to go with? Okay, I don't think he got 200 or 210, so I'm going 180. There we go, baby. Bingo. Nice. I got to get some credit. Two off? Two That's off pretty, yeah. And under. I got a two off and Price is Right rules. I think I win both showcases on that one. <laughs> yeah. I love the, the, the Price is Right rules. Just yeah, dominant. can't go over. Oh, that's fantastic. Wow. Yeah, 180. That's a solid season. Yeah. That's pretty good. He was so dominant, and, and that was that was when I first started coming down regularly. I'm like, who the, who the heck is this guy? He's, like, really, really good. He's not just getting lucky, is he? And, and you were right there saying, no, he just plays like this all the time, and he'll make a, a gold glove play at least two or three a game. And it's like, this is insane. Does anybody else know this is happening down here? He He... he He's got the six tools, as I, I like to call it, because he's just the nicest guy in the world. That's that sixth tool, is yeah. that he, he – we, we have a, a bouncy, like, ride, like a, a drop tower um, in center field. Well, past center field. Uh, and he did <laughs> right. We already have a hill. <laughs> I was going to say, now that make it real interesting for Ryan Tapia. Uh, and Quintez, we were like, I don't know, how do we – changed up some interviews so we did an interview while we were on that thing uh and i don't know it's just goofy stuff like that that he'll he'll do he'll go to all the community events and make some of the sickest plays at third base that i've seen in person uh, it's it was a pleasure watching him play every single day and he did every single day <laughs> yeah yeah, it was really, really a hell of a campaign. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, Patrick and I really started talking about him. And, you know, we went down there to, to see it. And it's been strange to see the way there still wasn't much prospect shine on him. And he's still flying under the radar. But um, well, when last I saw him at spring training, full beard. And Nolan Arenado was straight up jealous of his cousin's beard. It's the only thing he wanted. They didn't talk about each other. It was the first time you could see it going the other way. And be like, oh, man, I can't get all that. Uh, Josh was locked in, dude. He was ready to go. And I, I had him making the roster before all this stuff happened. I think he was going to yeah. be there. And I, I expect to see a lot of Josh Fuentes if we get 60 games of baseball.
Yeah, Josh, Josh Fuentes is going to have himself a solid career, and that's saying something for an undrafted guy. <laughs> right. Uh, I wanted to throw, we got to get out of here before too long, though. I did just get a text that Bud Black is running just a little bit late for this press conference. Shocker. Uh, look, he's a busy guy with a lot of stuff to go. But I'm not saying it. There's a lot going on, but it sounds like they're out on the field doing some things. We're going to have a chance to chat with them in a minute. Did get this tweet from our guy, Chris Hill, who took the uh, guinea pig of doing the hit for the cycle the first time around for us. Shared uh, his favorite minor league memory, which was watching Andre Dawson and Tim Raines play for the Denver Bears at Mile High as a kid, and then later seeing them on TV in the big leagues. And, you know, those, I mean, it, it goes back generations. You know, it's, it's the nature of our game that you've got to be a minor leaguer before you can be a big leaguer. You've got to walk before you can crawl. Even guys like Bryce Harper who fly through the minor leagues, you got to do it. Uh, you, you have to, it is an essential and necessary part of the game. Um, and I, I think that that's something that we've highlighted here today. Kevin, is there anything you wanted to say before we log off here? No, I just, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And, you know, whenever minor league baseball does come back, let's not forget to go out and, and support those guys as well. They're going to need it. They absolutely, Very absolutely true. are. And remember, we've, we've sent out before, but remember, uh, adopt a minor leaguer, find them out. Uh, all that kind of stuff is out there. Find out what you can do for the people in the community, for, uh, you know, the as we talked about, the concession workers, the security guards, uh, ushers, all the people that, that need to be taken care of in this time. If it's when, within your means to help people out, please, please do so. If you're not sure how, contact us and we'll, we'll, find, we'll find out. We'll, we'll get you set up with somebody somewhere. So, um Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Uh, everybody out there, make sure that you're following at Kev Collins, uh, that you're, again, supporting the, the everyone throughout the minor league community in whatever way that you can. Uh, I'm sure Kevin will be putting out some information that you may want to retweet and, and put out there to people and, and amplify. So, uh, yeah, other than that, make sure you're still subscribing to the DNVR.com. You're helping out all of our sponsors because it helps us out. And just remain absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. We will remain absolutely Patrick Lyons, Kevin Collins, and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.